And so, uh, so if you're listening to me, if you haven't watched the video, um, you can put up that graphic of the headphones for me. Um, and um, um, if you go to the front of the website, you will see this graphic. It says, listen, that is the graphic or the link that we use to put up all of our most recent teachings. And so, um, so if you haven't seen the video, we encourage you to watch it. You can go right to that graphic. And um, um, it's an hour-long video. You'll understand most of it, uh, a lot of it. Of course, there are some parts that are preliminary. So about 20 minutes, but you do, let me say something. You need to watch the video paying attention. Don't be driving a car and cooking up chicken and doing a bunch of stuff, cleaning the house. Watch the video for one hour. If the, if the end is upon us, you might want to know this. You can miss stuff. People calling me, I didn't understand. Did you watch the video? Well, no, I was just. <sighs> okay, so, so, uh, so to give you the punchline, how many know it was very shocking for you to watch a video where you couldn't argue with the fact that it seems like it's a 98% reality that the end is in 2030. And so, uh, and uh, so I'm going to share tonight why I believe the video. Now, remember, uh, this is going to be a very, very a compounded teaching. People are going to be like, <laughs> I know there are people right now cooking kitchen. Let that chicken burn. I'm about to hear what this reverend about to say right here. Okay. So how many of you know, if you say that you agree with something that says that, and there is no such thing as really the end. But when you talk about Jesus coming back in 2030, which in that particular video was just saying that's his second appearing. There's something different between that, between the rapture and the second coming. If that's true, that means the rapture is in about two, three years. And so, uh, and so all of the people I can hear them right now, I can hear it in Disneyland. No man knows the day or the hour. We're about to touch that in just a second. And so uh, that's very, very sobering because I, and when I watched it, I don't do a whole lot of that stuff. I tell you to stay off of YouTube in the first place. So, so I came across that supernaturally. Nobody sent that video to me. I came across that video supernaturally. And uh, so I sent it. And when I said, okay, when I saw it, I said, I can't find anything to refute this. Because of how clear and simple it was. I mean, it was very clear and simple. So I sent it to Devon. What thank ye or what say ye as the Old Testament kings say? He said, man. You know, I said, thank you for your answer. <laughs> so, so a matter of fact, Devon, 10 minutes into it, he sent me a text saying, hey, this is crazy. So I sent it to three other individuals, plus a pastor friend of mine, and we all had the exact same reaction, that never have we seen anything that, this is, that was this clear. You know. So now guess what? Before I jump into this, how many of you know? We still could be wrong. I just doubt it. And I'm going to help you understand and correct some things about why people have taught about the end times in the past. And, and they were trying the best that they could, but they were still wrong. I mean, no, just because you try doesn't mean you're going to make the hoop. And so, uh, but you, how many know, when you start talking stuff like that, like, okay, we're looking at the fact that we are very much at the end, which is actually the beginning of something else. When you start talking like that, you know, people put you in the category of, Oh, here we go with some occult mess and, and, and all of that type of stuff. But you know me. I have a very good track record of making people shut up. 
Okay, so y'all ready? I hope so. So we're going to go through a little rock and roll roller coaster right now. It's going to get more intense at the end. This is part one of a four-part series. Next week, we'll talk about the seven raptures in the Bible. It's not just one. It's actually seven. Give you a hint. Enoch was the first. Elijah was the second. Jesus was the third. And the church is the fourth. There are three more. Seven raptures. Then we're going to do another section about the tribulation period. Then we're going to do the one that's going to be a killer. What are we going to be doing for the thousand-year reign of Christ? And what will life on earth be like? Yeah, the Lord started downloading some stuff to me, and I was like, oh, Lord, I don't know if I'm going to be able to take this. But nevertheless, we're going to be forced to take it. Daniel 12, 1 through 4. Let's go, because I got to be on point. At that time, Michael, the archangel who stands guard over your nation, which lets you know that there is an angel that stands guard over every nation, will arise. Then there will be a time of anguish greater than any since nations first came into existence. But at that time, every one of your people whose name is written in the book will be rescued. So it's talking about just for a moment. These next these next six or seven passages, let me just read the thing first. <laughs> Verse 2, many of those whose bodies lie dead and buried will rise up, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting disgrace. Those who are wise will shine as bright as the sky, and those who lead many to righteousness will shine like the stars forever. But you, Daniel, keep this prophecy a secret. Seal up the book until the time of the end, when many will rush here and there, hint, and knowledge will increase, another hint, in the word and in the church. I put that in there. Okay? So, these next few passages of scriptures... Um, are going to show you something that I realized really for the first time today as I was finishing the final touches, is that when we read the Bible, it is obvious for you to be able to recognize that the Bible is written to all, but there are parts that it specifically, or there are certain individuals in certain times that it specifically speaks to. For example, how many of you read in the Bible when Jesus turned to Peter and spoke to Satan? Okay, well, Okay, we read that event 2,000 years later. We read it, and you can learn from it, but at that moment, it applied to Peter. Right, right. Y'all got me. Right, right. So the Bible is full of instances where, yeah, you read it, and you might be able to glean something from it, but that particular moment applied to that individual 2,000 years ago. Well, in the same way, the Bible is written, and it was written 2,000 years ago, and the people back then, they could glean from certain things, but they were parts of the Bible that were only written to us because we would be the only ones in that time. So here you have Daniel. This angel showed Daniel a vision about our day, this moment. And he said something. He said, now, I'm giving it to you thousands of years before it happens, and so don't ask me how they do this. But he said, seal it up, make it a secret, lock up the revelation of what they need to know so that only the people who live in that time will know. So the problem is, is that we've had, and I'm not, I'm not falling for them for this because I tried to do the same thing. So what we've had is we've had a lot of pastors, ministers, prophets, teachers, evangelists, and, and all of those people, okay, uh, that I'm in the category with. What they tried to do is they tried to 
unlock the unlockable before it was allowed to be unlocked. And so because they were unlocking the unlockable, they came up with erroneous revelations and teachings that did not come to pass because it simply was not unlocked yet. So I'm simply going to roll with you just for a moment to show you why this is the time because no one else would know these things because it was before the time. So now as all of these things are unlocking at the same time, that's the thing, they're unlocking at the same time. Why? Because we are the generation that's going to walk in what the others simply read about. The Bible says that the Old Testament prophets, the Lord showed them this moment and it says that it was beyond their comprehension and they desired to look into it more, but they couldn't. It says they're baffled by it. They, don't, they had never seen jets and airplanes and computers and, and people moving at that rate of speed and the way that we dressed and the technology and robots and, and, and iPads. They had never seen any of these different type of things. Okay? And the Bible even says that the angels don't even understand the glorious salvation. It says that our salvation is something that the angels desire to look into further, but they can't. So y'all with me? Because I'm about to pull, I'm about to push from here on in, y'all ready? So, he told Daniel, he said, lock this sucker down. Put a lock on the scriptures. They will see it, but they won't see it. They'll read it, but won't see it. They'll hear it, but they won't see it. Why? Because it's locked away. It's right there before them, but it's underneath the scriptures that they're reading. And they'll only see it at the time that they're supposed to see it. Y'all got you. Y'all got me, I mean. Ooh, I can feel something coming on me, Jesus. Let me take a drink just in case I need to be hydrated for this. <laughs> All right. So there are things that were spoken to the early church and the things spoken to us. One of the things that unlocked here to let you know that you were in that moment, what did he say? He said, people will rush back and forth. And he said, knowledge will increase. Not just in the world, it would also increase in the church. How many of you know, the things, even outside of this church, the things that the body of Christ seems to kind of know here lately, I didn't know this stuff existed when I was a kid, you know what I'm saying? Some of y'all that's been in the church all your life, you know, good and well, it's a different level of teaching today than it was before. You know, there was hardly, I mean, when I was a kid, I don't know if there was anybody that had revelation on dreams and visions. <clears throat> okay, let's move to the next one. Let me dispel this myth. No man knows the day or the hour. Holy Spirit told me something. He said, he said the church has no understanding about the end times because they don't want to hear anything about it because all they did was say, no man knows the day or the hour. That, that was their way of saying, I don't even want to hear that. That's called ignorance. Bible says that there was a small, wasn't it the Bereans? It says, it might have been another group, might have been Bereans. It says a small group of people in the Old Testament that it says they were masters at knowing times and seasons concerning what Israel ought to do. Okay. Mark 13, 31 through 37. Heaven and earth will disappear, but my words will never disappear. I want to come on the floor, but I know that's a mistake. So I'm going to stay right up here in a stoic business mode. Okay, I'll get through it because if I come on that floor, some stuff going to start coming out of me. Heaven and earth will disappear, but my words will never disappear. However, no one knows the day or the hour when these things will happen. 
No, even the angels in heaven or the Son himself. Only the fathers know. Who in the world do you think you are, preacher, talking about setting dates and stuff when the Bible says no man knows the day or the hour? It did say that. You forgot that God is specific. It did not say no one knows the week, the month, or the year. God is always extremely specific. Don't add to his dialect. No one knows the day or the hour when these things will happen. Verse 32, since you don't know when that time will come, be on your guard. Stay alert. Now, this is the deep part. <laughs> He's talking to us. 2,000 years of Christians read this and they glean from it, but he's talking to us. Since you don't know when that time will come, be on guard. Stay alert. Since you don't know when that time will come, be on guard. Stay alert. The coming of the Son of Man can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. I mean, no, this is Jesus. When he left home, he gave each of his slaves instructions about the work they were to do. He told the gatekeeper to watch for his return. You too must keep watch, talking to us. For you don't know, and I proved he's talking to us. For you don't know when the master of the household return. Here goes the day or the hour, not the week of the month. You don't know if he'll return in the evening or at midnight, which is three hours later, or before dawn, which is three hours later, or at daybreak, which is three hours later, 24 hours. Don't let him find you sleeping when he arrives without warning. I say to you what I say to everyone, watch for him. You don't need to be watching for him unless he was going to come at a particular time. So that whole myth about no man knows the day or the hour, that's just people who know nothing about the end times. They heard that one time, so it makes them feel comfortable in regards to no man knows the day or the hour. Yeah, but every other thing in Scripture, everyone knew the time or the season. There is nothing in the Bible that happened without the people knowing it. Not one, including the day Elijah was snatched out the planet. I'm going to say this again. Moses represents the Old Testament saints who never could make it into the promised land because Jesus didn't die yet. So a way to heaven wasn't made. Elijah represents the church. The church is the one that in the end time is caught up alive and does not die. That's why both of those two individuals were talking on the mountain when Jesus went up to the transfiguration. The Old Testament and the New Testament talking to the one in between. Y'all with me? So everybody say, watch. watch. Now, got to do this next one. Now, some of you don't know what I'm talking about, but some of you, you heard this growing up. How many of you heard this? And raise your hand if you did. Including online, we can't see you, but raise your hand anyway. They're going to comment online. How many of you were told, oh, it's going to be a long, not only does no man know the day or the hour, it's going to be a long time before Jesus comes back because the Bible says he's coming back for a glorious church. That's not what it said, but he's coming back from a, for a glorious church. And, 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 and what I was taught was, and a glorious church means that nobody can be sick. Raise your hand if you heard that. And nobody, look at all these lies. Oh, I should say lies, but they were lies. Nobody can be sick and nobody can be broken. And we all got to be walking in perfect love. Never going to happen. God and the devil make up first. And we all got to be in perfect peace and nobody can be afraid and Nobody can be depressed, and it's going to be just like it was when it came to the children of Israel. How many of y'all heard that? Let's read what the scripture said. Jesus. Ephesians 5, 25 through 28. 
He was talking about marriage, but first of all, he just threw that in. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. That he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. That he might present it to himself. Everybody say, in heaven. That he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loves his wife loves himself. First of all, it was talking about how husbands should love their wives. Second of all, it says that through the washing of water by the word, Jesus wants to present to himself what? A church without spot or wrinkle. So nowhere does it say that Jesus is coming back for a church that's walking in power. Nowhere does it say that Jesus has come back for a church that's completely healed. Nowhere does it say that God is coming back for a church that is debt free. For all of the charismatics is waiting for a wealth transfer to go into your bank account. Not going to happen. God and the devil will become friends and go scuba diving together before you see that crap. It's not going to happen. What's going to happen is, is that Jesus is coming back for a clean church. So it's not about power. It was about purity. And that's the reason why Jesus said when it happens, few. Because a lot of Christians don't live right. So Jesus is coming back for a clean and holy church. We ain't talking about, you know, you spoke, driving over the speed limit and you got into it with you. You know, we ain't talking about that. Which, yeah. Some of our people act crazy. You understand? Y'all, that's common. Can't y'all see that? Because if Jesus is coming back for everything to be perfect, how many you know? We're going to be on planet Earth for about another 200 million years. It's not, that's not even possible. Somebody is going to give their life to Christ today. Oh, man. And you talking about spiritually. So y'all got that. Second Peter 3, 3 through 15. Most importantly, I want to remind you that in the last days, so he's talking to us, he ain't talking to them. In the last days, scoffers will come. Definition of a scoffer is someone who you know, mocks and disdains and makes fun of the things of God. So it come to pass in the last days, scoffers will come, mocking the truth and following their own desires. They will say, what happened to the promise that Jesus is coming again? It's easy to say that at the end of 2,000 years versus at the beginning. From before the times of our ancestors, see all of this time has gone by. Everything has remained the same since the world was first created. They deliberately forget that God made the heavens long ago by the word of his command, and he brought the earth out from the water and surrounded it with water. Most people don't know that in the beginning, planet earth used to be a big ball of water from top to bottom, by the way. Then he used the water to destroy the ancient world with a mighty flood. And by the same word, the present heavens and earth have been stored up for fire. They are being kept for the day of judgment when ungodly people will be destroyed. But you must not forget this one thing, dear friends. That's a very powerful scripture. It's not a bunch of stuff in the Bible to tell Bibles. There's not a bunch of stuff in scripture where the Lord says, remember, don't forget this one thing. Why? Because he's talking to us. He's not talking about to the ones that was 2,000 years ago. Even though the ones that were from 2,000 years ago 
and, and 1,500 years ago, and even 500 years ago, even 200 years ago. They would begin to glean from this and like, wow, that's in very interesting. But it wouldn't apply to them the same way that the day that we're walking in didn't apply to the prophets, even though they got visions of it. A lot of you are beginning to have, some of you, your dreams and your visions are actually dreams and visions of the tribulation period that you think are getting ready to happen now. No, that's of the tribulation period. And some are getting ready to have visions and dreams concerning the 1,000 years of Christ. What verse am I in? But you must not forget this one thing, dear friends. A day is like a thousand years to the Lord, and a thousand years is like a day. Remember, this is written to those living at the end. So, God created the planet in what? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven day of rest. Every day represented 1,000 years. It's exactly 1,000 years, even though it says as a day. It is exactly 1,000 years because each day is exactly 24 hours. I'll get into that later, but you saw that in the video. A day is like a thousand years to the Lord, a thousand years to the day. Deeper teaching, there are 2,000 years from Adam to Abraham. Another 2,000 years from Abraham to Jesus. Another 2,000 years from Jesus until this moment. That's 6,000 years. And then you have 1,000 years where millennia reign of Christ. I'll explain it in a moment. The Lord really isn't slow about his promises, some people think. No, he's being patient for your sake. He doesn't want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. But the day... Of the Lord will come as unexpectedly as a thief. Then the heavens will pass away with a terrible noise. The very elements themselves will disappear in fire. The earth and everything on it will be found to deserve judgment. Since everything around us is going to be destroyed like this, what holy and godly lives you should live, looking forward to the day of God and hurrying it along. On that day, he will set the heavens on fire. The elements will melt away in the flames. But we are looking forward to the new heavens and the new earth he has promised, a world filled with God's righteousness. So, dear friends, while you are waiting for these things to happen, make every effort to be found living peaceful lives that are pure and blameless in his sight. And remember, our Lord's patience gives people time to be saved. This is what our beloved Paul also wrote to you with the wisdom that God gave him. Okay, so you see this pattern. He said, don't remember. Don't. That's a, let me tell you something. When the Bible tells you, don't you dare forget this, you better not forget that. Especially if you're living in a time when it's going to manifest. What's the coincidence of you being put on the planet at the end? That's crazy. You better put on your traveling shoes, as the old folk used to say. <laughs> you better look for that glorious spaceship to be appearing at any given moment. 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5. End time again. You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days, talking about us, there will be difficult times. Okay, now, as we read this, the Holy Spirit had to say, there has always been sin in the planet. He said, but it has not been sin like you're getting ready to read in the next four scriptures. For people will love only themselves and their money. When I was growing up, people weren't like that. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God. When I grew up, people didn't scoff at God like that. If they knew we were a Christian, they would put their cigarette down. They would stop using profanity. What changed? We're in the last days. That's what changed. So this scripture is talking about this moment, not even 50 years ago. They will be disobedient to parents. When I was growing up, folk weren't disobedient to their parents like that. You had a few, but not enough to be found in the Bible that says in the last days the kids will be dis. This is a general rule. 
and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. That wasn't like that 60 years ago. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will re reject the power that can make them godly. Stay away from people like that. So that's another sign that you're at the end. All these, and by, by the way, what I'm going over tonight is just the Mickey Mouse stuff. Matthew 24, 4 through 7. Jesus told them, don't let anyone mislead you. For many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah and they will deceive many. That's simply called false religion. I won't name them in case somebody gets offended and want to attack me and send me a letter that I'll burn up and put in the fireplace, you know. But, but he said, many false religions will pop up. How I many know that's not only we have false religions, some of them seem to be on par sometimes almost with Christianity. And then he said, at the same time, you'll hear of wars and threats of wars, but don't panic yet. These things must take place, but the end won't follow immediately. Why? For thousands of years, we've been dealing with wars and rumors of wars. He said that had to take place first, which means after that, you'll get to verse 7. <laughs> nation will go to war against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and earthquakes in many parts of the world. Good. this next graphic. When he said nation, it's the Greek word ethnos is where we get the word tribe and race. How many of you know? We don't even have to move outside to any. We don't have to go over there to see how China is against Japan. <laughs> we don't have to see how, how China is against Taiwan, talking about taking it over by force. The fact that the North Koreans are at war against the South and Koreans at any given moment, all of the tribal factions in India and Africa, we don't have to move that. All we got to do is turn on CNN and look at the fact that now they're saying they want to do critical race theory because babies can be racist at six months. I've been watching the news a little bit more for comedy hour as I eat popcorn. If you turn on the news, what is the main thing that you see? Race against race. Constantly. <laughs> if you're like me, you don't turn it on that much. Race against race. It's the word ethnos. He said tribes will be against tribes and races will be against races. Then the next word for kingdom is basilia. Royalty, kingdom, realm, dominion. Major kingdoms, United States is considered a kingdom. Russia is considered a kingdom. China is considered a kingdom. They would be at odds. That's the big thing, that unwritten rule, as they say. And also uh, is talking about the kingdom of God fully against the kingdom of darkness, that they would be at war. You know, that's one of the, one of the benefits of praying in tongues is that, see, when it comes to darkness fighting against you, it's invisible. It's unseen. It's mysterious. You understand what I'm saying? So, so in order to fight something unseen, you need a weapon that's unseen. In order to fight something that's unknown, you need a weapon that's unknown. And in order to fight something that's mysterious, you need a weapon that's mysterious. So that's why the Bible says, he that prayeth in an unknown tongue speaketh mysteries, because it's unknown against unknown. It's mysterious against mysterious. It's invisible against invisible. He said famines, unprecedented, 30 million in four African countries alone. It's a lot of people. Earthquakes, you can look that up if you want to, increasing yearly. They're trying to finagle this 
because everything the Bible said would happen is happening and the scientists don't like it. So they're trying to blame it on other things than what the scripture said. It's deep. You can see the lies right in the sentence. Luke 17, 26 through 30. When the son of man returns, it'll be like it was in Noah's day. In those days, the people enjoyed banquets, parties, weddings, right up to the time Noah entered his boat. And the flood came and destroyed them all. And the world will be as it was in the days of Lot. People went about their daily business, eating and drinking and buying and selling and farming and building. Until the morning Lot left Sodom. Notice both Lot and Noah were removed first. Then fire and burning sulfur rained down from heaven and destroyed them all. Yes, it will be business as usual right up to the day when the Son of Man is revealed. So again, this is talking about the end of days. But the problem is, everybody that read this for 2,000 years had to read that scripture with a time lock on it. Because no one would know that what it was like in Noah's day was that the Bible would bring out sexual perversion out of all of the sins. Nobody knew that in Lot's day, yeah, the scripture says that the whole city was crazy, but that every man and boy was gay in the whole city. It brought out sexual perversion. Sexual perversion. Nobody knew that at the end of time, the moment now, that the main agenda on the table would be sexual perversion. And so only that part that you couldn't see, time had to go by for that to be unlocked. You understand what I'm saying? Then you will see, oh, dang, it's just like it was in Noah's day and in Lot's day. And we couldn't see that today until it unlocked, at the time it unlocked. Whew. Luke 21, 25 through 28. There will be strange signs in the sun, moon, and stars. You already remember about them blood moons. An eclipse. And here on earth, the nations will be in turmoil, perplexed by the roaring seas and strange tides. People will be terrified at what they see coming up on the earth, for the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then everyone will see the Son of Man coming on a cloud with power and great glory. So when all these things begin to happen, stand and look up because your salvation is near. You want to hear something deep? Verse 27 is not even written to us. Verse 27 is written to the people at the end of the tribulation. All right, let's show this timeline graphic. Y'all still with me? I must have said something crazy. (laughs) All right. Everyone can see this graphic. So remember, there's 6,000 years of human history. You see over there to the left, the circle that says the church age. To the left of the circle was the book of Acts 2,000 years ago. To the right of the circle is where we are right now, right before the tribulation period starts. If you look up, you see the rapture that happens at the beginning of the tribulation period. At the end of the tribulation period, which is seven years, you see the second coming of Christ. People confuse those two because of the wording that the scripture uses. It's two different events. So based on what you're reading in scripture, it could be talking about one event or the other. It's two separate events. One happens at the beginning of the seven years and one happens at the end. Okay. Y'all got that? The tribulation period is seven years of mayhem where God says, all right, y'all didn't want to listen to me. My turn to exact revenge. (laughs) It's basically God just acting a fool for seven years, still trying to get people to repent. Okay, seven years. Then have the second coming of Christ. 
And then, which we'll get over into in a couple of weeks, we enter into the millennial reign of Christ. 1,000 years where only Christians are in charge of everything. Y'all remember that movie Elysium or you'll see these movies where it's like a society where, where you see these movies in the future where you have this opulent society that's kind of living up high and the rest of the peons are living down low. Yeah, that's the thousand years of reign of Christ. He flips it. You didn't want to serve me? Now you're going to feel like, and the Bible says that during that period of time, Jesus will rule with a rod of iron. It's forced rule. You obey whether you like it or not. You're going to bow the knee whether you like it or not. So y'all got that timeline. 6,000 years of human history. Then you enter into seven years of mayhem. At the beginning of the seven years, you have the rapture. He removes us out of this equation, just like he did Noah and Lot. Then he releases all of this craziness. And then at the end of the seven years, then he returns back to planet Earth with us to take over. That's the thousand-year reign of Christ. Now I'm going to show you the difference. Look at this graphic. There is a difference between the rapture and the second coming of Christ. Two major events in seven years. One starts at the beginning of seven years, and the other happens at the end of seven, seven years. Nothing but chaos and catastrophe in the middle. The Bible says, at, during the seven years, it says at the three-and-a-half-year mark, there's a pause. The deep part is the three-and-a-half-year mark is when they say that this asteroid is supposed to hit. <laughs> it's deep. Okay. Deep or not, I'm going to make sure it's right. Whether you're coming back tomorrow, next Friday at 12 o'clock in the afternoon, I'm ready. So y'all got that. Difference. Rapture, second coming. Look at the next graphic. When it comes to the rapture, the scripture calls it two different things. The rapture, that word is nowhere in the Bible. But it means what the Bible says. Okay, so in the scripture, it calls it the catching away of the saints or our gathering together unto him. Those are the two words or phrases that the scripture uses for rapture. The rapture will occur at the beginning of the seven year tribulation when Jesus Christ returns for his church. This is when all true believers in Christ will be taken from the earth by God into heaven so that they will not be a part of the mayhem. Y'all got that? You probably have to go back and read this to make sure, because I'm making it very clear tonight. Okay? And let's look at two scriptures for that. 1 Corinthians 15, 50. I say unto you, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. This body can't go to heaven. Neither does corruption inherit corruption. I show you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we shall be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, hint, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruption must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when Jesus gets ready to catch us off the planet, that's the moment when everyone gets their glorified bodies. So the people that are already in heaven, they actually come back with Jesus to see their bodies come out of the graves and get transformed, and they enter the body. That's why it says that a particular way. Let's look at 1 Thessalonians 4, 15. I don't think they got that trump part. <laughs> 1 Thessalonians, that stuff is encoded in there, folk. 1 Thessalonians 4, 15. We tell you this directly from the Lord, 
we who are still living when the Lord returns. This is not the second coming. This is the rapture. When the Lord returns, will not meet him ahead of those who have died. Why? They've already been in heaven. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet call of God. First, the believers who have died will rise from their graves. Talking about their physical body, because their physical bodies couldn't go to heaven. Then together with them, we who are still alive and remain on earth, <laughs> which means that the other ones weren't on earth, will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we will both be with the Lord God forever. So encourage one another with these words. So at the beginning of the seven years, before it happens, God says, okay, Jesus says, okay, I'll be right back. Got to go get my folk. And he steps into the planet, not on the ground. He steps into just the atmosphere. And I don't know if we're going to hear that trumpet or not, but the Bible says in the twinkling of an eye, which is faster than a blink. I want you to imagine you sitting here and then all of a sudden you come out of this roof and you're traveling. <laughs> you going up. Is that Jesus? Oh my God, it's, just go <laughs> it's going to freak you out. You're like, this is crazy. I had a relative that experienced that. He said it was phenomenal. He said it was absolutely. And he said when it was, he said when it happened, the Lord let him experience the rapture. He said that, he said that his, uh, as he was going through the air at a phenomenal rate of speed, he said that this body was peeling off and a new body was coming upon. And he said it's the most exhilarating thing that you will ever feel. Much stronger than sex. It's just... <laughs> Okay, so y'all got that. So all of the people that's in heaven, they can't get their glorified bodies until the end of the 6,000 years. So their bodies are in the graves. So at the end of the 6,000 years, Jesus says, okay, before the tribulation period, we got to go get our people out the same way that we pulled Noah into a safe place and remove Lot out the city before the destruction came. Y'all follow me? So he comes, steps foot into heaven, some trumpet is blown, and all of the people that, and then everybody that died in heaven has to come back and get their glorified bodies. So they're there in the air. We get transported in the air and everybody's bodies are transformed and we all go back to heaven. And then when that happens, it begins the tribulation period. Why? Millions of people just got snatched off the planet. Mayhem just ensued. Can you imagine the airplane crashes? Can you imagine grit, grit? You think Atlanta and California traffic is bad now? Y'all understand what I'm saying? Doctors disappear. Nurses disappear. Police officers disappear. Some pastors are still here. Some people who said they were Christians. And that next week, more people will get saved in a week than they did in maybe 100 years. And I hate to say this to some of us. Some of our relatives ain't going up on the first airplane. But at least they're coming up on the second one. Because when you are gone, after you've been telling them for 20 years, get your life right. What do you think your relatives are going to do when they turn on the news and they found out, up oh, millions of people have disappeared. The first thing I'm thinking about is, oh my God, this might be the rapture that my mama said and I made fun of. And they're going to drive straight to your address and they're going to ring the doorbell and they can't get in so they're going to kick the front door in. Mama. 
And you know what's going to scare them? They're going to see your clothes sitting right there in the middle of the doggone. Your clothes don't go with you. When he snatches you, you leave everything. They gonna, your, your jewelry will be sitting right there. Your glasses will be sitting right there. Your dentures will be sitting right there. Everything will be sitting right there. Weeds, toupees, all that stuff ain't going up there. Just you. How you are born is how you go up. Jewelry, your wedding ring, your eye watch, your shoes, your socks, everything. I'm just trying to make it plain, as they say. Whatever. See, I got the rapture. That's the beginning. That's what happens when the Lord snatches us out. We get snatched out, and so now you understand. Now, watch. Look at how the world looked for a leader just when it came to COVID. And this one dude, <laughs> it's unreal. Okay? So imagine what's going to happen when that happens. This planet is going to do every single thing that that leader says. They ain't going to fight nothing. And the media is going to blame it on aliens, which will be partly true. I mean, the Bible says we are aliens. Just aliens, just simply somebody from another country where they weren't born. Y'all got that? Now let's look at the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord. Now, we get taken out the planet. My time is not with me, but that's okay. I'm going to keep on going. Okay. We get snatched out the planet. Jesus takes us to heaven. In a place of safety, we're chilling, we're eating, we're fainting. Because you can't believe that this is what heaven is like. You're like, you got to be kidding me. Please tell me. And they're going to tell you, oh, this is just the first part. There are dimensions that you're just simply not ready for yet. Meanwhile, it's mayhem on planet Earth. When you read the book of Revelation, the book of Revelation is actually... God telling you two stories at the same time. They're both happening at the same time. One is going on in heaven and one is going on on planet earth. And a few of them are going on in hell. You know how I move? You can understand book of Revelation and dreams more if you understand how they make movies. You, know, you have a scene that go on, goes on for about 10 minutes. Then it jumps to another scene. And then it jumps to another scene. Okay. Um, and then sometimes within the movie, it'll jump to the past. Then it'll jump to the future. Book of Revelation is written like that. And if you don't know that, it'll confuse you to no end. Because when they jump, they didn't tell you they were jumping. Right, right, right. They just jumped. Because they wanted you to study and learn that they were jumping. So here's the day of the Lord, which in Scripture is all, in scripture is called the day of the Lord or the second coming. That happens at the end of the seven years. Y'all got me? So one event happens at the beginning where God comes and rescues his people. Then the other event happens at the end where he comes back with his people to destroy the other folk on planet Earth. One group gets rescued and the other group gets killed. So it's called the day of the Lord, a.k.a. or also known as the second coming. It will happen at the end of the seven year tribulation when Jesus returns with the church to defeat the Antichrist, overthrow evil, and then establish his thousand year reign on Christ. Reign on Earth, I'm sorry. Revelation 6, 15 through 17. This is talking about the end of the seven years. Then everyone, the kings of the earth, the rulers, the generals, the wealthy, the powerful, and every slave and free person all hid themselves. Everybody leaves their homes and tried to hide, hide in the caves and among the rocks of the mountains. And they cried to the mountains and the rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of the one who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. 
for the great day of their wrath has come. And who can survive this mess right here? In every end of the world movie, where do they always end up running to? The mountains. The movies are telling y'all about this stuff. They just can't keep up with Jesus. That's all. Next graphic. And the rapture, believers meet the Lord in the air. First Thessalonians says, together with him, we who are still alive and remain on earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. That's at the beginning of the seven-year tribulation. And the second coming was at the end, believers return with the Lord for a land invasion. Revelation 19, 11. Then I saw heaven open and a white horse was standing there. When it says heaven open, it means a portal open, just like you see in sci-fi. They didn't know it was a portal. They just knew it was a door that opened. A white horse was, this is the description of the real Jesus. There was a white horse standing there. Its rider was named Faithful and True. For he judges fairly and rages a righteous war. His eyes were like flames of fire. He's angry. And on his head were many crowns. A name was written on him that no one understood except for himself. He wore a robe that was dipped in blood and his title was the word of God. The armies of heaven. Everybody say, that's me. Dressed in the finest of pure white linen. Followed him on their own white horses. From his mouth came a shock. Time for y'all finish eating? Yeah, all right. Time for us to go back and take over. From his mouth came a sharp sword to strike down the nations. Why? They're going to turn on him. <laughs> there it is. The alien invasion movies are actually the Lord showing you what's going to happen. Problem is, he's the alien. At this point, it used to be exact, but at this point, the extremism of the future, they don't have the mentality to keep up with what's really going to happen. And so in all of the alien, come on, y'all, yeah, let me ask y'all a question. The Bible makes it clear that this has to be forced. It says the nations are going to turn on Jesus. Why? They didn't made every movie. Isn't it, isn't it amazing that just every single advanced alien race that shows up, number one, they got to come through New York because everybody got to go through New York. They can't come through Utah, can't come through California, can't come through Atlanta. No, they can't do that. They, everybody got to come through New York. <laughs> and what is the whole movie about? The alien race is so far advanced and everybody is being killed and destroyed, but somehow and some way, only the United States, by the way, not Russia, not China, not India, not Africa. Only the United States had the wherewithal to come up with this one master plan to find a weakness in the arm, armor of the alien, and we win at the end. So those movies are going to be on their head, and they're going to think they can do that to Jesus. Verse 15, from his mouth came a sharp sword to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron rod. This ain't free will anymore. You will obey. He will release the fierce wrath of God the Almighty like juice flowing from a wine press. On his robe at his thigh was written this title, King of Kings, Lord of Lords. Then I saw an angel 
standing in the sun, shouting to the vultures flying high in the sky. Come, gather together for the great banquet God has prepared. Come and eat the flesh of kings, generals, strong warriors, horses and their riders of all humanity, both free and slave, small and great. Then I saw the beast, which is the Antichrist, and the kings of the world and their armies gathered together to fight against the one sitting on the horse and his army. These fools are going to turn their weapons on us. And the Antichrist was captured, and with him the false prophet, who did mighty miracles on behalf of the beast. Miracles that deceived all who had accepted the mark of the beast, and who worshipped his statue, which is a robot, by the way. Both the beast and his false prophet were thrown alive into the fiery lake of burning sulfur. They are, they are grabbed, and then they fling them into hell. You won't even come out your body for this. Both gone. <laughs> The entire army was killed by the sharp sword that came from the mouth of the one riding a white horse, and the vultures all gorged themselves on the dead bodies. Next graphic. So that's the second coming at the end of the seven years. Y'all starting to see this pattern? You got to understand this. The rapture, according to scripture, will be instantaneous and a hidden event at the start of the seven years. That's why 1 Corinthians 15 says it will happen in a moment in the blink of an eye when the last trumpet is blown. The next graphic, I'm sorry, I'll slow down a little bit. The next graphic says the second coming, on the other hand, at the end of the seven years, according to scripture, will be seen by everyone at the end. So our Revelation 1, 7 says, behold, he comes with clouds and every eye will see him, including those which pierced him, talking about the Jewish race, and all kindreds of the earth will wail because of him. The moment he parts that sky with us, the whole planet begins to wail like a woman that lost all of her family members in one swipe. Because at that moment, they realize we messed up. Next graphic. In the rapture, which is the beginning of the seven years, believers are taken from the earth by God as an act of rescue and safety. Remember Noah and Lot. First Thessalonians 5, 9, for God chose to save us through our Lord Jesus Christ. Same passage from the King James. God has not appointed us to wrath. The seven year tribulation is God's time of wrath. You don't have an appointment for that date. Okay, next graphic. On the day of the Lord, also known as the second coming, unbelievers are destroyed and removed from the earth by God as an act of judgment. So at the beginning of the seven years, <laughs> the Christians are removed as an act of safety. At the end of the seven years, the sinners are removed as an act of judgment. Y'all see that pattern there? It's very simple, you know, but you got to. So that's 2 Thessalonians 2, 1 through 12. Now, dear brothers and sisters, let us clarify some things about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and how we'll be gathered together to meet him. Now, he talks about gathered together. He mentioned the rapture, but he's going to mostly talk about <laughs> that end of the seven years. Don't be so easily shaken or alarmed by those who say that the day of the Lord has already begun. Don't believe them, even if they claim to have had a spiritual vision, a revelation, or a letter from us. Don't be fooled by what they say, for that day will not come until there is a great rebellion against God. You're looking at it now. And the man of lawlessness is revealed, the one who brings destruction. This is the dude that pops up when we are snatched out. He will exalt himself and defy everything that people call God and every object of worship. 
He will even sit in the temple of God claiming that he himself is God. Don't you remember that I told you about all this when I was with you? And you know what's holding him back for he can be revealed only when his time comes. For this lawlessness is already at work secretly and it will remain secret until the one who's holding it back steps out of the way. When it talks about the one that's holding him back, you know what it's talking about? Us. The Antichrist can only take his power when the majority of Christians are gone out the planet. And the ones who do get saved are not mature and know nothing about their authority. If he shows up while we are here, we are too much of a force to be reckoned with. The, the amount of power and, and hellfire and brimstone that we would rain down on this food, he wouldn't survive. So he shows up the moment we step out. That's what's holding him back. What verse am I in? The man of lawlessness, then the man of lawlessness will be revealed, but the Lord Jesus will kill him with the breath of his mouth and destroy him by the splendor of his coming. Just Jesus showing up is going to kill this dude. Just watch this. You just show up. Oh, man, I got to die. He will use every kind of evil deception. I'm sorry. This man will come to do the work of Satan with counterfeit power and signs and wonders. He will use every kind of evil deception to fool those on their way to destruction because they refuse to love and accept the truth that would save them. So God will cause them to be greatly deceived. They'll believe the lie and then they will be condemned for enjoying evil rather than believing the truth. Okay. Now, so I, I, can we put the graphic back up for a moment? The, the uh, timeline graphic. Thank you. You know, may, may not be able to get it all, but you can be able to get it some. Y'all with me? So you see, 6,000 years of human history. We're at the end. See the tribulation in the middle. Before the tribulation kicks in, you see above that to the left, the rapture. Right before it's supposed to happen, just like he put Noah in the ark and removed Lot out the city, the third one is, he, remember God does things in threes. Third one is he removes the church out the equation so that the tribulation can kick in. And basically, the Antichrist comes to power, and God just starts raining fire and brimstone and all type of craziness. We'll talk about that in a couple of weeks. And then at the end, in the midway point, do you know in the scripture, the Bible says that if the tribulation period was longer than seven years, it said nothing on earth would live. That's the amount of mayhem. It's, I'm telling you, asteroids, meteors are coming in. There's a, there's a mysterious creature that is let out of hell. That is allowed to torment men for three months. And during that three months, you cannot die. You can jump off the Empire State Building. And when you hit the ground, you might be bloody. You might be bruised and you might be broken, but you just can't die. This is God saying, you want to make a mockery of me? I'm going to show you. You know, <laughs> yeah, I never forget years ago, we went in this restaurant. And this is, you know, when I used to talk about people and make fun of people too much. And, and, and there was this lady, she had on all green. And she had on a blonde wig. And so I made the mistake of saying to my coworkers, check out Blondie over there. And, and she heard me and she turned around. I got your Blondie right here. <laughs> so this is what God is saying for seven years. You tried to curse me. Here's your curse. You didn't want to have nothing to do with me. Let me give you a reason why you should. It's just going to be crazy. You know, like your mama would say. You know, stop all that crying before I give you a reason to cry. That's right, that's right. Well, guess what? You hated me. Now I'm going to give you a reason for seven years to hate me. 
It's Jesus. It's just God unloading. And the Bible says he will not relent, which means your cries for mercy don't count now. Your prayers don't count. And the ones who get saved, you should have got saved earlier. So you got to live through this and you might die. So tribulation and at the end and, and at, the, at the halfway point, it's an eagle. It says everything is silent. And it says the eagle flies around the planet. And I'm putting it in my own words. He said, if you thought the first half was something, wait till you see the second half. And then God says, okay, bring it. Just, he just lets it rain on the planet. Just boom, boom. And, then, and each time he does it, guess what the scripture says? But they still wouldn't repent. <laughs> so all of this craziness is God, watch this. How many of you know that when the rapture happens, it is only those who had a tender heart toward the Lord that get snatched out? So all of the ones that are left are the hard-hearted ones, the hard-headed ones, the ones who didn't want to have nothing to do with God. And guess what? After the rapture, some of them are going to even become more hardened. And so God will say, you know what? After the act of my mercy, I'm going to just unload all of my anger, and I'm going to see if I can scare you and if I can break you. It's crazy. So, the whole video and the teaching brought out a lot of negative emotions. People got scared. People started getting depressed. People started saying all type of stuff. I haven't gotten married. I haven't had children. I haven't built my business. So I'm going to end by just talking about that for a second. This helps you understand why Colossians 3, 1 through 4 says, Since you've been raised to new life of Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven. People have no revelation about heaven. That's the only reason why they want to stay on planet Earth. Says, when would you give your life to Christ? Set your sights on heaven. Verse 2. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. How much more clear can you get? Well, how are you supposed to start thinking about the things of heaven? By thinking about it first, and then more will come. Books, revelations, teachings. It's a whole website, spiritlessons.com. Books written by people who have been caught up to heaven and caught down to hell. All the books are free. That came to me because I was already doing Colossians chapter 3. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. Why? You died to this life. Your real life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all of his glory. Put up that, fast forward and put up that picture of the universe. Not the universe, the galaxy. The Bible says you're going to share in all of his glory, right? Now, I love that picture. I've always loved that picture. The problem with that picture is they said that they're in what they can see, the observable universe. They said there are at least two trillion of those. How many of we live in a pretty big solar system? But it's so small, you can't find it in that. Our solar system is embedded in that particular galaxy. If you were to get in a rocket ship, and fly from the right side of the galaxy to the left side of the galaxy. Remember, it's two trillion of these in the universe that they know of already. <laughs> you can't even count the two trillion. <laughs> if you were to drive from the right side to the left side, it would take you 100,000 years traveling at the speed of light. The speed of light is 186,000 miles per second. At that speed, you can circle planet Earth seven times in one second. 
The speed of light is so fast, you can travel, if you're traveling at the speed of light, you would circle planet Earth seven times in one second. Watch this. One, two, and you just travel around the planet seven times. You see how fast that is? Like, no. How many know that's fast beyond your comprehension? You have to travel at that speed for 100,000 years to get to the other side of just our galaxy. So when the Bible says that you're going to share in all his glory, don't even try to think about what's up there. Because they don't even know how big the universe is. Let me tell you something. If it takes 100,000 years to get from the end of that to the end of that, how long would it take to get to heaven? That's why they had to create portals. He said, I saw a door open in heaven and something said, come with me. And I was caught through it because I couldn't travel to it. And it's, it's not for, if you like religion, you need to go on down the street to some Macedonia place or something that, this is for folk to plan on ruling and reigning with Christ. You know what I'm saying? This ain't no okey-doke religion stuff. This stuff make you go home and recognize, you know what, I think I've been taught wrong on a few things. You know what, I think I've been living raggedy. I think I better realize that, that just because I feel a particular thing doesn't mean it's going to be that way. I had to learn that lesson real fast. <laughs> like God interviewed you first to see if it was okay. Now, let me ask you something. Honestly, how many of you feel kind of bad like, I have wasted too much time? It is better to know that you have wasted time and get on top of it than to continue wasted time and get surprised. So here are two scriptures that the Holy Spirit gave us for us who feel bad about wasting time. Matthew 21, 28 through 31. But what do you think about this? A man with two sons told the older boy, son, Go out and work in the vineyard today. The son said, no, I won't go. But later he changed his mind and went anyway. Then the father told the other son, go. He said, yes, sir, I will. But he didn't go. Which of the two obeyed his father? They said the first. Then Jesus said, explaining this meaning, tell you the truth. The corrupt tax collectors and prostitutes who still living out in the world, they're going to get into heaven before you do. Hey, it's an example here where, 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 where Jesus taught a parable about, and I'll use the first boy. He was told to do something and he half-stepped and he didn't do it. But when he got his act together and actually did it, it says that he pleased the father. So get out of what you haven't done and just start doing it. And God will be pleased as though you did it all along. Y'all remember Samson? Some of y'all don't know who Samson was. Judges 15, 14. As Samson arrived at Lehi, the Philistines came shouting in triumph. But the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon Samson. He snapped the ropes on his arms as if they were burnt strands of flax. They fell from his wrist. He found the jawbone of a recently killed donkey. He picked it up and killed 1,000 Philistines with it. Samson was called to be a judge to kill folk. He was called to that, just in case you didn't know. But how many you know? Samson, he was called by God. God told him, don't cut your hair, boy. Same way that God told you to do something and you did it anyway. He got hooked up with this girl. And let's like, Judges 16, 17. Finally, Samson, she, was kept, she kept wearing this boy down, wearing this boy down, wearing this boy down. Because when you hooked up with the wrong person, they will wear you down. You're not going to bring them up. 
Finally, Samson shared his secret with her. My hair has never been cut, he confessed. I was dedicated to God as a Nazarite from birth. If my head were shaved, my strength would leave me, and I would become as weak as anyone else. Delilah finally realized he had told her the truth, so she sent for the Philistine rulers. Come back one more time. This is so crazy. For he has finally told me his secret. So the Philistine rulers returned with the money in their hands. Delilah lulled Samson to sleep with, her head in her, with his head in her lap. And then she came in, called a man to shave off the seven locks of his hair. There's that number seven again. Everything has a deeper meaning. And this way, she began to bring him down. And his strength left him. Then she cried out, Samson, the Philistines have come to capture you. But when he woke up, he thought, I will do as I did before and shake myself free and kill these fools. But he didn't realize that the Lord had left him. Why? Because he had sinned. So the Philistines captured him, gouged out his eyes. That's what happens when you fall into sin. You, use or you lose your ability to see the vision that God gave you. They gouged out his eyes. They took him to Gaza where he was bound with bronze chains, bronze chains, forced to grind grain in the prison. But here's the problem. But before long, his hair started to grow back. last one judges 16 28 when you read the story his hair grew back okay and uh there was a day where they had a big festival at a temple and they decided to bring samson into that temple and while they were there samson prayed to the lord sovereign lord remember me again oh god please strengthen me just one more time with one blow let me pay back the philistines for the loss of my two eyes oh god let me get revenge on the one that made me lose my vision then Samson put his hands on the two center pillars that held up the temple. Pushing against them with both hands, he prayed, let me die with the Philistines. And the temple crashed down on the Philistine rulers and all the people. Ah, so he killed more people when he died than he had during his entire lifetime. And the Lord said, you need to ask for that grace right now because some of us have messed up. You fell in the sin. You got into disobedience and you have repented, but you repented and lost your vision never realizing that even though you messed up your hair has been growing back and if you flow the right way you can kill and do more in this one moment than you have your entire life so get out of your little raggedy pity party as long as you're still on this planet it's always time the dude killed more in a moment than he did a lifetime because his hair was growing back how many of you ever seen how many ever seen and, and and you just felt so bad but then over time you felt strong again you yeah because your hair was growing back doesn't take long to build anything if you get serious it really doesn't doesn't take long <laughs> many of you have a lot of rewards already when talk about this heavenly reward system, you got to be careful. You know, many of you have a lot of rewards. The typical Christian does not have any because they gave their life to Christ. They don't pray. They don't read the Bible. They don't go to church. They don't tithe. They don't give. They don't help the poor. And they don't live right. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? And if you've been there, you can change that overnight. Okay. Many of you have a lot of rewards. So I want you to keep in mind something. I have, to, I have to admit something to you, good. I'm not too bad with time. I'm almost done. 
Y'all, what I teach about the heavenly reward system, which is you accept Jesus. He said, I'm the door that allows you to come into heaven. But how you're going to live in heaven, in heaven, the type of clothes, the type of mansion, the type of responsibilities, that is determined by how well you live for me. There's something that y'all need to remember. I'm doing the best that I can. I'm not even close to what that place is like. So even when I teach about the heavenly reward system, you got to treat it serious, but also with a grain of salt. You understand what I'm saying? Recognize that, that I'm just doing the best that I can with my limited knowledge about the heavenly reward system, that everything you say and do is converted and put into six categories. And it, and it, and it turns in, I don't, the best thing to do is just live right and do everything that you can and you'll be okay. So it's not that you don't have rewards. It's just that God wants you to have more than what you would ever imagine. So I'm a, I got a couple of pictures up here. Throw up these pictures Man. Of, the, of the earthly mansions. Let's look at number one. Yeah, well, I, want, I like that one at the left. How many like the one at the right? That's just your entrance. Okay, I mean, how, how many would like to have something like that for all of eternity? Okay, but it's always one dummy. Uh, no, brother, I'm, I'm satisfied with my apartment. You're a liar. And a dummy. In the words of Fred Sanford, you're not even a regular dummy. You're just a big dummy. I'm not talking about what, see, you got somebody over Well, you know, the taxes. I'm talking about how many of you would like that if they said that is yours? You never have to pay taxes. You don't have to pay any utilities. When it comes to the cleaning, we will provide it for you. All you got to do is enjoy it, and you got to buy your own food. How many of you would leave the service right now and be out? I will see you. When I see you, Pastor, I might not come back. Because the Lord has led me to start my very own house church. Show the next picture. Nah, where's the one with the, the earthly mansion with the inside that's gold? Oh, maybe they didn't get that one. Nah, they messed up my own teaching. I knew I should have went up there. They, no, it's not his fault. I just didn't get a chance to go up there. Okay. So, y'all get my point with the... There wasn't a picture of an inside of a lady's bedroom that was gold and... Never mind. Apparently not. Okay. So, here's the problem. Okay, now let's look at, now these are heavenly mansions that people have been caught up there. They saw this and drew it down the scale. Some of you have seen this, some of you haven't. That's a lady that they said that she was given to long amounts of time in prayer. Now, I'm going to just show you a few pictures. The heavenly mansions are drawn down to scale, but they said some of the mansions were so big that if they were in planet Earth, you would need a car just to drive to the next room. So go back to the other picture, the one, the earthly mansion. See, so, so in planet Earth, that is very, 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 very much wonderful. The problem is, is that in heaven, that's low level. In heaven, 10 of those could fit in the closet of one of my bedrooms. You understand what I'm saying? And so, so God needs, how many know, it's going to take a whole lot more building materials to build something that size, where your mansion is the size of the United States. Go to the next picture. Okay. So that was one that shaped, that's a building up there shaped like a tulip. I mean, and again, these things are drawn down the scale. Again, they said that some of these things, just the first level is as tall as, as the Empire State Building. 
Okay, go to the next one. That's all diamond, by the way. This is all gold. This is all diamond. At the bottom, it says the area and house you get to live in in heaven is created to suit your personality, heart, and lifestyle. I got to talk a lot about the heart. Can you imagine something like that? Under the sun, seven times brighter than our sun. And that thing stretches from Atlanta to California. And it's as high as the Empire State Building. Go to the next one. That might be mine. That's some, the entrance of somebody's house. If you look carefully behind the golden wings made out of yellow, golden light, it looks like a whole doggone city. So, that's what that place is like. Again, these are people who have been caught up there. Is there another one? Is that it, Devon? All right. These are people who have been caught up there, and the Lord had them look at this. Write it down. One, so, can't remember if the girl is Chinese or Korean, but either way, she, uh, the Lord caught her up there, and he said, I've given you a gift for artistry. He said, look at everything and try to draw it. But she had to draw it down the scale. I mean, I mean, I told you about just that, those trees that have that one type of fruit, and it's that, just that one area is 500 times larger than planet Earth. Again, y'all, if the Bible says eyes have not seen, ears have not heard what God has reserved for those that love, which means that what you can see, which is a universe, is trash compared to what he really created. If you can create a telescope and see and measure that the fact it would take us 100,000 years that's ridiculous. You can't, you can't, your mind can't conceive you traveling 100,000 years for nothing. <laughs> Some of y'all may be like, if Jesus told you you got to travel 100,000 years to come get to heaven, you're like, I don't know if I want to travel that long. <laughs> okay, but 100,000 years at the speed of light. Let's give you a reference point. If you were sitting on your porch and the entire planet blew past you this close to your face at the speed of light, you wouldn't see it. If the entire planet went by, you wouldn't even see it. It's that fast. You have to travel that fast for 100,000 years just to get to the other side of the galaxy. And there are over 2 trillion galaxies. So when the Bible says, I has not. So that might help you understand for reference point now when he says, the place is too big. It's too wonderful. It's just, it's too enormous. And the only thing we can do is just blow your mind by giving you a down payment called the Holy Ghost. So, that's the reason why, let me say something. I said, I really tapped into something on Sunday. I, I'm, oh, thank God. I'm gonna, <laughs> I don't want this thing to go on. This, I know this is going to be convicting for a moment. But the only people that want to stay here and do anything are the ones who have no revelation about the other side. There is no one that will be caught up to heaven for five seconds and then actually say, can I go back to earth and get married first, have sex first, have children first, build my business first, do this first? No. Every person that got caught up there, they were infuriated when they were sent back. The Asian man came back. How are you going to give $300 million away? He said, I don't need it. You, don't need, you can give it to me then. He said, based on what I saw up there, $300 million is trash. You can go. You can keep this. I'm out. 
God is not asking you to do that. But that's what that man did. He was up there for a few minutes, and based on what he saw, he came back and said, I don't need the $300 million. African man, I told him, Nigeria, this is a Nigerian man. This happened at Reinhard Bonnke's meeting, by the way. He was, the pastor wasn't living right. Got in a car accident, back of the ambulance, right before he died, he said two angels stepped in. When he died, they then snatched him, took him to heaven. While he was in heaven for three days, they took his body to the cemetery and embalmed it and put it in a casket. This is a true story. It's all over the place. You can still probably find it on YouTube. While he was in heaven for three days, his wife on planet Earth convinced some people to go up in the mortuary and bring the body to the church. She said, if I can just get him in the atmosphere of their anointing, I believe he will come back to life. Meanwhile, the man is in heaven with a clipboard. The angel said, you have an assignment here to write down everything you see. He's writing it down, writing it down, writing it down, everything that he saw. All of a sudden, Jesus pointed at him and he was back in his body. He thought he was up in heaven for a few minutes. He was up there for three days. He wakes up. Remember, he died in an ambulance. Woke up on the table of a church in the basement. They showed the whole thing. They show him dead, and then they show him coming back to life. And the confused look on his face, I mean, he is just like, because he just came from heaven. And when he, when he came back to life, the first thing he asked was, where's my clipboard? Where's my clipboard? Where's my clipboard? Where's my clipboard? The Holy Spirit had to tell him, when you were writing on the clipboard in heaven, you were actually writing it on your heart. That's all wonderful. There's a scene where they took the man back to the military and showed him the casket he was in, and he lost it. The man fell down to the ground and just held, his head was trying to explode because he's trying to comprehend. You got to mess with your head. You know what I'm saying? I know I was in heaven. I was talking to Jesus. And, and he, um, this is the casket that my body was in? And they showed it to him. He almost broke. Oh, that was wonderful. I never forgot something he said. He said, based on what I saw up there, he said, I won't even argue with my wife. He said, she still wants to argue sometimes. He said, I go and I lock myself in the bathroom and cover my ears. He said, I don't even want to come close to missing that place. I know men that have had families, and they beg the Lord not to send them back. Please don't send me back to my family. They will be fine. Please, please. And that was a man that just saw the entrance. It is your inability to understand heaven that causes you to be afraid in this world. It is your inability to understand that place that causes you to still hang on the scene like it's your friend. So inability to understand that place. I'm going to do that graphic last. Last scripture. This is what heaven is for you. Yeah, I'm glad. I See, I'm, I'm only doing good because Zach is not up there. If Zach was up there, man, I'd be on that floor. <laughs> Pulling Revelation off right from the back archives of heaven. Revelation 21, 1 through 8. And then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared, and the sea was gone. This is actually at the end of the thousand-year reign of Christ. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them, and they'll be his people forever. God himself will be with him. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. So it's not that he's saying he's going to wipe the tears away at that moment. He's saying everything that you ever cried about 
is now a memory wipe. It's the ultimate start over. Some of you have come from very bad experiences. Some of us didn't have parents. Some of us were molested. Some of us were done wrong by pastors. Some of us were left at the doorstep. All of those things. And, and, and people get angry at God, but the only reason why he allows it is because everyone gets an ultimate do-over. But the do-over lasts forever. I mean, most of us would change our lot in life from the beginning if we could. He'll wipe every tear from their eyes. There'll be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone. How long? And the one sitting on the throne said, look, I'm making everything new. And he said to me, write this down. For what I tell you is trustworthy and true. He also said, it's done. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of the water of life. Y'all got all type of fancy waters down here. But can you imagine what the water in heaven tastes like? This is not alkaline water. This is not fruit water. This is not life water, as they call it. You know what I'm saying? All the different type of water. Nothing wrong with that, okay? Citrus water, strawberry water, grape water. Can't figure out what water I want out of the gas station. Just give me whatever y'all got to drink. Give me a garden hose. You got a garden hose in the back? Something. I'm getting confused buying water. But can you imagine when you are in a place of perfection, what the water that is called real life, this is the water that gives you eternal life. Can you imagine what that tastes like? Verse 7, all who are victorious will inherit all these blessings. I'll be their God. They'll be my children. But cowards, those who were afraid to live for me, unbelievers, the corrupt, murderers, immoral, those who practice witchcraft, idol worshipers, and all liars, their fate is in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. That's the second death. crazy part is most likely no one in this room will, ex will experience the first or the second death. Alright, right, Reverend, where do I start? Last graphic. I don't have time to teach this. Listen to the eternal reward series on the front of the page. People have to start doing their homework. Y'all, let me tell you something. Everything that I do from this point on because time is so short is me teaching you how to maximize in a short period of time. There are things you can multiply. You can jump levels. You can, God is not into addition. He's into multiplication. There are things that you can do to maximize the time left. It doesn't take a long time to build rewards. It's just that people waste a lot of time. The universe is very, y'all, if God's reward was you getting part of the universe, that's too much. So the reward system is based on what God owns. That's why it's so extreme, because it's based on what God owns. The universe is killing us. We haven't even got to heaven and the other dimensions that exist beyond that. The reward system. He said what? He said, you got to share in all of Jesus. What? Glory. That's a lot of stuff. Man, come on, man. Come on. If there are two trillion galaxies, how many planets are there? We're getting excited if we get, get look, you, 
Somebody is excited that the Lord just gives you your own planet. This is my planet? Yes. You can design the people, the animals, the everything, the nature, the everything. What type of water, the oceans. You can have an orange ocean. You can have 30 moons if you want to. I can design the whole thing by myself? Yes. You would be blown away at that. But there are more, there are more galaxies than you can count. And that's what we can see. So when God says you got to rule and reign with me, rule and reign over what? What is out there? Can't tell you that. We can just give you a down payment called the Holy Ghost that can reduplicate himself in everybody and retain 100% of who he is. He knows the past, the present, and the future. He's the power behind every single thing that you do. Yeah, he's the down payment. The down payment is God. And you trying to stay down here? Be my guest. You can take my time then. It's... That's why you're not supposed to be afraid of death. That's why the Bible says, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints, regardless of how they die. <laughs> they died in an airplane class. So? They got hit by a car. So? Now, some of y'all, that's cruel. You got hit by a car and you died. You felt the pain, maybe, because you probably didn't feel the pain because your mind didn't even catch up with what happened. But even if it did hurt, now you go. And they got to tell you that you got hit by a car because you can't remember what happened because he said he was going to remove it. Can you imagine being in heaven and, and they're going to show you this is what you look like on planet Earth? People are like, oh, you a law. No, no, that was you. I look, I used to look like that because you're thinking about your glorified body. That's the other thing during the millennial reign of Christ. All of the people down here keep their old bodies. We have our new ones. We are walking around as gods unto them. See, that ain't religious, but it is biblical. And most people go to churches where they don't teach the Bible. They just hem and haw. So, it's the last graphic. Take a picture of it. These are the things you can start practicing now. According to eyewitnesses' account, several angels told them, if you want to maximize giving as many building materials as possible for your mansion, they said do these seven things. It would be seven. Time in prayer. Time in the word. Time spent evangelizing. Why do you think the Bible says when it comes to evangelizing? It says when it comes to evangelizing, it said the wages are very high. Good wages, thank you. <laughs> Terry thinking about that money, ain't she? <laughs> Terry gonna get her a mansion. She's like, oh no. Let me tell you something. See, this, if you get this revelation for real, it gives you the ability to struggle a little bit down here. Okay, maybe I don't have to have that new car. Maybe, maybe I don't have to feel bad because I'm still in an apartment. Maybe I don't have to feel bad because I'm still catching a bus. Because when this is over, forever. Forever. Two billion years pass by. You haven't started. And it just constantly gets better. Forever. Time in prayer, time in the word, time spent evangelizing, tithing, offering, giving to the poor, and serving people and in the church and in the community. It's not just serving at the church. You the church. This is a building. The church is supposed to serve people. 
So you can serve in a building like this during for the organization. You can serve in your community doing little things like cutting the old lady's grass next door. So she doesn't have to do that. Check. And the man. Was it the man that gave $300 million away? The man that was, no, that was the other guy. Oh, that was the pastor that had lost his entire reward. <laughs> he was up in heaven and he said he was standing there looking at all of the building projects. And he said, constantly, you were hear an angel say something like, oh, hey, y'all, Eric is down there giving to the poor. We got more building materials coming up. And they built, make, can you imagine being able to do stuff every day to add additions to your house? So it's not that God is mad at you if you, if you, if you only pray for an hour praying in tongues. It's just that if you prayed for two, <laughs> you spent another two hours supplying them with building materials. See, they don't want you to, see, we would all be satisfied with that one house on the ocean that we saw. I know I would, even if it was in heaven. The problem is your heavenly father is never satisfied with what you're satisfied with. He's only satisfied Jesus with what he's satisfied with. And he knows what's up there. And he knows this was up there. You couldn't comprehend it on your best day. So they're asking you, just put the work in and trust us. Just trust us. The best, the, watch this, the furthest we can take you before your mind breaks is to put somebody in you <laughs> that can multiply himself <laughs> and knows everything and is the third part of the Trinity. He, that just, I'm sorry, y'all, I'm about to let you go. I know it's 836 and my wife is making me some quesadillas this evening, but I'm just letting you know that just messes me up. How is God the down payment? How is God the down payment? How is the Holy Ghost? What, what have y'all created? What is up there when the Holy Ghost is the down payment for the other inheritance? And the down payment is always a small amount? A full war against the children of men to make sure they never understand that. Keep them thinking that their little 80 years is all they got. Because as the rapper says, you only live once. Wrong. You live twice. Okay, so you got the practice sheet. So I'm going to cut it off right there. Yeah, Zach was coming up. Zach did it like they do at the churches when the Reverend is talking too long. The keyboard started playing. Dun, 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 dun. Wrap it up, Reverend, wrap it up. No, he wasn't doing that. Say, but I'm trying to help you understand. You watch the video. Time is still left, I'm assuming. But don't get it twisted. No good father would keep you in the dark about when you were going to be rescued from mayhem. We understand that you stuck over there. Let's just use it in Afghanistan. You, we understand that you stuck over there in Iran. And we're coming, but we're just not going to let you know what time. I'm done. I mean, Randall was stuck in Iran. And he has the ability to communicate with us in America. And we tell him, watch, dude, we coming. Now, we may not be able to tell him the exact moment. But we might be able to tell him the window. Look out for us over the next day or two or three. Because this is when we coming. So watch. 
But if we're trying to rescue him, we're not going to keep it from him because Jesus even said, I don't even know the day or the hour. He said, my father has not even shared that with me. I don't even know the day or the hour. What we do know how to do is we'll be able to tell you the time frame and the season, maybe even the week. Because <laughs> everybody else was showing the exact time frame. Elijah knew the day. And Elijah, they were getting on his nerve. Don't you know your master going to be snatched off the planet with a golden chariot made of fire? That's crazy. Yes, I know that. Leave me alone. Everybody knows that. Shut up. Go back and read it. It's like everybody knows this. Leave me alone. Everybody knew this. God only keeps secret from the unbeliever, not his children. That's why Jesus said, phew. He is coming back for a clean church. You're not coming back for a church that's healed and debt-free and all that type of stuff. That's the charismatics and they foolishness trying to come up with stuff. Okay? And, and they meant well, but they tore that up. He's coming back for a church that's simply living for him at the last moment and practicing their Christianity. And he said, when it comes to those, few. So next week, we'll pick up the seven raptures and what they mean. Let's go ahead and stand.